on a rumor requirement a podcast dedicated to reason and resilience in the time of trump in the time of trump yeah uh I am Kamala Shrao, one of your co-hosts, and with me, as always, is... Miracle Jones. How you been, man? Ah, uh, not bad, you know? It's been it's been a bit, I guess, like a week or so. Well, yeah. Maybe a little longer. Yeah. Uh, you, uh, just, you just got back from North Carolina. I did. We had a quick trip. Uh, before we get into that, though, I'd like to, for new listeners, like uh. establish a little bit about what we do here. We would like to start every podcast talking about how we're doing as a way to acknowledge the fact that most of our political analysis is personally based. Then we go into talking about the politics of the past week. And then we'd like to end with a section we call doubling down on defeat and or outside our bubble and or just random shit. Yeah, we're like a really small focus group that no one wanted or asked for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so how, how's it going? Yeah, I came back from North Carolina. Ah, oh, not bad, you know, just uh, uh, still still having some health problems, but yeah. I'm, I'm on the other side of it, I think. So. Yeah, you're sending a little raspberry work. Yeah, yeah. Oh, just like the kidney stones. That's just... Oh, again, closer. still? Yeah, I had like three uh, in the past like four weeks, so God. it was really... Uh, it, it took a lot out of me, but it's mainly just psychological. No, it's physical. It's also physical, but I'm it's, used it's to the, mainly physical. I'm used to the physical part, but I had them for like a year straight once. Oh wow! So that's Jesus. so. Anytime like I get like a a crop of them, which yeah. happens, it's just like, oh god, is it happening again? Yeah. But I don't think it's happening again. I think I'm. I think I'm on the other oh, side man. of it. It's like a clutch of eggs, right? Uh, God, I hope I don't know. I, <laughs> I hope never to know this. Drink your water. Kids. <laughs> yeah, Drink yeah. your water. But uh, yeah, no, no. I think I think I passed them all out. I feel I feel lighter. So <laughs> great. <laughs> May you never have a kidney stone. Yeah, all everyone listening. It's there. a little genetic, though. Right? Yeah, my, genetic. my mom had them and my dad. So. so my dad had kidney stones, I think, for a while. Yeah, yeah, at least once or twice. You probably might get away with it. Yeah, without one. And I'm hoping you drink a lot of water. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. If you if you're prone to have it, you probably already have it in you. It's just when it passes that it comes out, it like dislodges. Great. But, uh, my mom actually had one when she was pregnant. Yeah. Oh, jeez. She's like the worst possible thing you can, I can think of, right? She's a tough lady. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but she yeah. was like flat on her back for like two weeks while she was pregnant with a fucking kidney stone. Jeez. She's very mad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So anytime I complain to her about him, she just tells me that story. Yeah. So. Ugh. <laughs> uh. But uh, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so on the other side of that, so I'm, I'm feeling better, and, okay. and I think there's sunlight in the future. There's going to be warm weather in the future. Jesus Christ! Are know. you going to do anything to take advantage of it? Yeah, I mean, I go out all you know, yeah. I walk the streets, I yeah. just feel better. That's yeah. when I feel like New York becomes mine. Yeah. yeah, like the hottest day in New York is like not that hot. So uh, but I mean, you know, it is summer, yeah. and you do have at least a reasonably flexible work schedule, George Bailey. Oh, you, you, are you going to try to travel? <laughs> I mean, are you trying to leave this town? <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe I go somewhere. Okay, yeah. maybe uh, travel is good. Yeah, yeah, you know, like uh, I've been, I've been known to to go to other points in the East Coast every once in a while. Okay. Last year I went upstate for a weekend. Okay. All right. Okay. I'll leave the city. Okay. <laughs> how about right. how about you? Uh, so we went to North Carolina. Uh, we, uh, uh, I and my wife, we went down to celebrate my sister's birthday. It was a big birthday for her. Uh, she lives in Asheville, North Carolina. It was good. Uh, there were a lot of uh, uh, family and uh, friends around, uh, but at the end, it was a it was a dance party, and so it was a bunch of forty year olds at a dance party, which is, you know, something hot. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Bad knees all around. Yeah, cracking a lot. Yeah, exactly. The next morning was just miserable. Um, 
But you know, it's uh, we had a good time. My wife had a good time. Um, we had some interesting food. It was it was a lovely time to get away from the city. We all eating like Asheville food. Uh, barbecue biscuits. Uh, we had there's this one place in Asheville that so uh, that serves um, fried to order donuts. So all right. it, yeah, so it's like wait, what is that like medium medium well like no, crispy? No. Well, no, I mean it's just like you order it. And you get, like, oh, I want one of the four flavors. And they fry it, and then they hand it to you. Oh, right there. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, like, like, you, a, it's, like a county it's, fair. Yeah, a little bit. Like, yeah. it, And it actually does taste a lot like a funnel cake. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> was uh, it good? It was delicious. What were the four flavors? Uh, the four flavors, I think there was, like, a cinnamon sugar. Yeah. There was a... There was a sesame seed in something. There's a plain. Next. There's a glaze. <laughs> glazed, yeah, yeah. Actually, I had the sesame seed. It was quite good. It was good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, All right, well. Yeah, anyway, so... <laughs> one vote for sesame seed. <laughs> I'll <laughs> have the sesame seed. <laughs> Donut. <laughs> yeah. I'm that guy. To be fair, Asheville is full of that guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was trying to describe it to my coworkers who are French, right? And yeah. Asheville is like Brooklyn minus the income. Yeah, yeah, yeah Brooklyn's taste minus the like ex- uh, the, uh, minus any like steady work. Yeah, right. Um, so yeah, cost of living is way cheaper. Cost for that reason, yeah. cost of living is way cheaper. There just isn't a lot of industry there, so not a lot of people have jobs outside, say, the tourist industry or something yeah. like that. Um, so wedding yeah. industry. That's right. You got married there. Uh, right? I got married there. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh, it's definitely caters to that kind of crowd, but. It's a, uh, but it's a, it's a cute little mountain town. Um, I would highly recommend anyone go because it, it certainly has its own character. It's not like any other city. It's not really like Brooklyn. It's like a, a hippie mountain town. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's definitely got its own uh, personality. Maybe I'll go to Asheville. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, no I, one can stop me. I'm an adult. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. The only person who can stop you, George Bailey. Is you. Um, anything else going on in our lives? Not really. Um, yeah, I noticed that uh, uh, the local Jackson Heights uh, Park uh, uh, Diversity Plaza is, is maybe going to reopen soon. Sure, Before yeah. Before they finish the, the, uh, the construction there. Yeah, I have no it's idea. It's been a year, right? Like a solid yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah, just some background, like right after the election, our beautiful little town plaza was like cordoned off by the state. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Diversity Plaza. It's called plaza. Diversity Plaza. It's a real... Fuck you, symbolic gesture <laughs> from this city. They shut down Diversity Plaza. And, and they like, parked uh, they parked construction equipment on it. Yeah, and this is like not just a trivial place. It's right at the nexus of all the trains, so it's where uh, every holiday is ev- ever is celebrated. You know, Any uh, single protest in Bangladeshi or Nepal <laughs> right, is definitely is yeah. echoed in Diversity <laughs> Plaza. Yeah, we hear about it. We hear about the yeah. smallest political <laughs> <Yeah>. faction. <laughs> They show movies there. Yeah. There's like there's a there's some you know local con artists come yeah. through and do their religious thing, uh, of all religions, yeah. not just Christianity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean there are there are pundits reading your for like yeah. you're reading your palms. Yeah, every single one. Yeah, uh, but it's and it's great. It's wonderful. There's like places. There's like chairs and tables you can eat yeah. there. But uh, it's been shut down. It's been very like destabilizing to me. I'm used to. It being my local check-in with the neighborhood, just what the hell is going on, right? Yeah. But hopefully it'll be reopened soon, so I'm looking forward to that. Yep. I don't know. Do you have any information about what it's going to be or what they're doing? No, I have no idea. I think it's going to, like, return to its... 100% the same as it was. <laughs> right, exactly. Diversity just means construction material. <laughs> yeah. Different construction material. Yeah. So it'll be a combination of cement and tar. <laughs> right. 
Um, yeah. I asphalt. keep wondering if they're going to make it into like a legit park, like they're going to plant grass or something. No, nah, I don't think Probably so. Probably not. Right? No. Well, anyway, that's that's the big news from Jackson Heights. That is the big news from Jackson Heights. Um, anything else going on? No, no, no. no not uh, uh, you want to just talk about politics then? Let's get into it. We, we've just got back from eating, so we've, we've been talking to each other all night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, We're not going to pretend to talk more to each other. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so a couple of big things happened. <coughs> yep. Um, I think maybe by far the biggest is the appointment of John Bolton as head of the national security right yeah national security advisor yeah uh yeah wow right did you see that coming i actually was really surprised i was surprised too it just seemed like a really uh bad move who is he making happy right so i think it's a it's a weird it's a weird choice for him because john bolton is the hawkiest of hawks right yeah his ideology his approach his worldview was discredited with the early Bush administration's foreign policy. Maybe right? before that, but yeah, it was yeah. certainly proven uh, <laughs> <not> Yeah, <laughs> unapologetic hawk, not a neocon, a hawk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, neocon friends, he's, he's definitely project the new American century. Yeah, so, so he is, he's an interesting person. So for people who didn't know, I mean, he was, he was actually the ambassador for the UN uh, under the Bush administration, which was sort of a fuck you to the UN. Well, right, because he was so conservative that the Republicans didn't confirm him. Yeah. So he had to be appointed when Congress was Listen, out. Oh, yeah, 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 and recess. Yeah, yeah. That's he, how much of a dick this guy is. Yeah, he's <laughs> just a dick. And yeah. at some point, I think he was ambassador to the UN. He was leaking secrets to Israel. Yeah, among, yeah. among other terrible dirtbag things. Yeah, he, he is, is all in. He was the last person. Maybe he still hasn't got the uh, memo that the Iraq war was a huge mistake. <laughs> <laughs> he still believes yeah. in enduring freedom. Yeah, yeah. Let the eagle soar. Yeah. <laughs> Except he doesn't really care about freedom. Uh, that's a harder question to answer. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, who? how can we know what's in John Bolton's soul? Right. I don't really think... That's I think a that's point. a little bit overblown. I don't really think he just likes blood and screaming. Well, I think in some ways... I, so, when I say he didn't... He doesn't like freedom. Maybe that's a little oversold. But the idea is that he's not really a neocon because the neocons backed into military uh, intervention by way of talking about freedom or spreading democracy. And yeah. that was never Bolton's shtick. Yeah, I would say he's a post-Cold War neocon. So he's definitely not worried about things like sovereign democracy or, or liberal democracy. Or human rights. Or human rights. But as far as... Uh, markets freedom to uh i don't know have capitalism done <laughs> he's definitely all in for that and he's definitely he sees himself as a chess player right. spreading the interests of uh liberal democracies in regions that are unstable right. uh by force right like sure so he's all in on israel he's all in on uh south korea and japan uh, as far as east asia goes uh, he is way more interested in them being militant than they are. Yeah. That is his foreign policy, like, yeah. trolling them into having to be in wars. Yeah. It's fucked up. Like, I don't think that's a really good idea, but... No. Yeah. It's, it is, by definition, a <laughs> terrible idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but what's it going to mean, though, for for uh, Trump? Like, is he... I, I personally think he's going to hate john bolton's advice about everything yeah so this is the thing why it's weird uh, it's why, why it's a weird choice right one 
Uh, John Bolton has been circulating as a name for various administration positions since Trump was elected. Name circulated by John Bolton. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. Uh, there's a sort of a an amusing anecdote take what you want from it about how Trump just doesn't like him because of the mustache. He doesn't like the look. Trump being a very aesthetic. Hey, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. It's not a great mustache. Yeah. Um, it's easy to character. So Trump doesn't like that look. Maybe he's that aesthetically driven. I, I didn't know. I, I I feel like we're venturing into Michael Wolf territory yeah, with yeah, that yeah. kind of yeah. that sort of conjecture. But we don't have anything else to go on. It's not like yeah. he's done anything. Right. Right? He's not a general. He's not a, yeah. a operator. He's never held really office or appointed to a cabinet position that matters. Right. Like, right. He's just a fucking guy. He's a guy from TV. Yeah. And that may or may not be one of the reasons that he is now in the cabinet. Right. That he's a strong presence on Fox News and that he is a he is someone who can communicate simply, um, and he has a certain viewpoint. But, but the weird thing is that the viewpoint doesn't necessarily agree with El Presidente, right? Like, yeah. so this is this is why it's baffling. Trump made the case that he is a president who doesn't want to get <coughs> mired in things like the Middle Eastern theater, right? Yeah. I mean, in some ways, Trump, in his heart, or maybe his instinct, is to be anti-interventionist and. Yeah. Bolton is the interventionist to end all interventionists. Let me make a case for a, a coherent strategy of Trumpism plus Boltonism. Okay. If if they can pull this off, this would be the con I see, right? Okay. They have a summit meeting with North Korea, Russia, and China, and the United States, right? Okay. Uh, leading to some kind of deal, right? Uh, the denuclearization of... North Korea, right? Yeah. I mean, it's missile program. Surely they'll probably keep their nukes, uh, but they will scale back their missile program in return for the lifting of sanctions, right? Okay. And then it's to, it's a victory for all parties, right? Everybody consolidates power after this like kind of hateful summit meeting, right? China consolidates power. Russia consolidates power. Trump, yeah. it's, it's, the the right and left praise Trump for eliminating this threat in East Asia, right? The side deal here is as a result of this like happening in the first place, you know, uh, Russia cuts Iran loose, right? Okay. Stops uh, stops supporting them materially. Stops supporting them in the UN, uh, and in which case, uh, and we get out of the Iran deal, right? So yeah. we no longer have any uh, uh, deal with them. So they begin their nuclear program again. Right. Yeah. Uh, they, seeing what North Korea has done, hope that that's what's going to happen for them. They'll be able to do the same nuclear blackmail in order to eliminate sanctions and increase their presence to the world stage. Yeah. But it's a trick. Russia doesn't have their back, right? Okay. The moment they get a nuclear weapon or they uh, or some you know uh, Shiite traceable terrorist attack happens in Europe, or, yeah. Then Israel. And uh, Saudi Arabia, with American intelligence and material support, sure. invade that corridor all the way up to Turkey and Iran, uh, creating that Sunni state that they wanted in the first place, okay. keeping Iran from having territory and presence all the way to Lebanon, right, all okay. the way to the sea. That, to me, is the hustle, right? right. That's the long-term hustle. I, yeah. But I, there's no way they're going to pull that off, right? Too many contingents. Yeah. Yeah, there's too much. There are too many like fragile breakpoints in yeah, the plan. Yeah, 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 
yeah. But as far as like what all that is a way you can like marry Trumpism plus Boltonism, right? Yeah. Where they both get something that they want. Because otherwise, I have no idea what a day well, even looks like. I think you already mentioned it, but I think they're going to be out of the Iran deal. That's probably something they see eye to eye on. Right. It's definitely something that's going. Um, I'm not sure how North Korea is going to play out. Um, so uh, there's been talk already about talks about talks uh, between like China and North Korea. It's not really clear what's going to happen. Um, there are some strong arguments that what's what is going to happen is that Trump is going to be under such pressure to declare a victory that he's going to concede um, a fair amount to the North Koreans. He's going to get hustled. Yeah. Uh, I think this is... It's already happened. Like, the agreeing to meet at all is already... He's been hustled, right? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what the... If he signs a deal, it still has to go through Congress. Yeah. And I wonder if that's that's the thing that's going to be... Uh, it's going to rally the Republicans against Trump, right? So I'm not sure if it is or it isn't, but... Yeah, I'm not sure if they've actually um, struck back at, at Trump in a meaningful legislative way yet. But that could be the that could be the re- the thing. North Korea. I've said that. I said that. I think on the last podcast. But I'm not. I think that. Uh, I think that's a reasonable judgment. I'm not willing to rescind that thought yet. So we're seeing a situation now where Trump is kind of turned against the generals that were his handlers previously, right? Right. At least McMaster. Yeah, and kind of Kelly. Kelly's probably being sidelined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What What is the new Trump administration look like? What is What is that? What is the texture of that? Without his, without Bannonism, but also without the military. Yeah, and it's just kind of people he trusts. Yeah, that he has some. He feels like he he trusts and he has some kinship with, right? Yeah, yeah. So on the one hand, I think it's so it's a Pompeo. So the new axis is, is Pompeo and uh, Bolton, right? Yeah. So much more aggressive, uh, much more hawkish, at least in rhetoric. I'm not sure exactly how much that translates to policy because they still have to go through Jim Mattis. Right. And Jim Mattis is at least a sane presence um, uh, and a thoughtful one in, in terms of what the military is willing to commit to. But at the same time, he's still a military man and he will defer to the president. So... I don't know. I, I'm not exactly sure uh, what that looks like. I think it's it's like Trump. It's bellicose in rhetoric and absolutely kind and of lazy in practice. Lazy in practice <laughs> yeah. and you know partisan and sniping <laughs> yeah. and like trollish, but in no way does it actually translate to meaningful changes in policy. Yeah, I think that's I think... one guess. I th- I, I, I don't know. Do you feel? Because I'm not my my hackles aren't set off. I don't feel like we're gearing up for war. I feel like there's still no appetite for that in America, right? Yeah, it would require. I mean, I don't even know what it would require. I mean, I don't even know if a terrorist attack would do it. I think the fact is that we're still in Afghanistan and we've yeah. largely been exhausted. I think politically by a war that. I mean, the Republican president doesn't want right, right. and so it's hard. Uh, and I don't know how you get the country on the side of a war. Unless we're under direct attack. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it would have to be at this point by a nation state. It couldn't... It, we could, I don't think anybody could sell, like, ah, a terrorist attack. That's yeah, a small group, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've gotten so good at fighting little dirty wars along the way that, I mean, it wouldn't... Apparently, we don't even uh, need congressional approval. To send right, our right, right. Special forces yeah, to, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eritrea, yeah. 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 Uh, so... 
what do you do you do you think he's gonna last? Bolton? Yeah. Uh, that's a really good question. I don't think he's gonna last. I think. Um, I mean, I, I I'd be curious what he, if he's around in six months. I I think his politics are such and his temperament is such that he will. And I think they'll find some sort of agreement in the beginning, but I think Bolton is Bolton, and he is certainly an ego, and he is certainly tactless, and he certainly has his own way of seeing the world, that uh, he's happy to be where he is. He's got a lot of power, but at the same time, I could see him pissing off Donald Trump very quickly. Yeah, and he's used to being on TV, and yeah. he's not going to have that like surge to his, like, I don't, I don't know if he's... If he's going to enjoy working again after being retired for so long, yeah, I think there's there's something to be uh, there's something nice about being on the circuit, yeah. uh, being paid for speeches, being a sort of now that you're part of the administration, there's you're part of an administration, right? You don't yeah. get to be the person on the outside. I think Pompeo's going to do much better, right? I'd be surprised. The are, yeah, and I think he has a, he's forged a, over time a working relationship with Donald Trump. He's not yeah. parachuting in to a situation. And his personality is such, and he's certainly been able to develop an affinity between the two. I mean, Pompeo's smart. He probably is using this as a stepping stone to a bigger career. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Trump Pompeo, or not, you know, Cotton Pompeo in 2000, whatever. Good Lord. Yeah, that's my biggest fear is that the CIA director isn't going to confirm for her uh, support uh, politically for, for torture, and then Trump's just going to appoint Tom Cotton. Yeah. In her place. Yeah. And then we've got, like, Cotton and Pompeo running the fucking country. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Cause Pom- but it's weird that Pompeo's state, right? Yeah, but that's such a powerful position. It's such a powerful position, but, I mean, yeah, I don't know what he's going to do with that, right? Yeah. Uh, the thing about Bolton that I think has been left out a lot of in people's discussion of his... Uh, I guess ascension. Uh, he's a monster. I hate all of his conclusions about pretty much everything. But he's very smart. Like he's an analytical thinker, right? Right. He's not, a, you know, he's not an ignoramus. Yeah. I don't think he's going to enjoy explaining things to Donald Trump every day. Right. I, uh, it was McMaster's duty to do so. Yeah. Bolton has better things to do, perhaps. Uh, Especially yeah. if he's not going to have any power. Yeah, I think you may be underselling how much of a position this is, right? Because national security advisor is a very powerful position. And I think uh, Bolton is going to chafe, for sure. But what was Bolton doing before? Well, 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 national security advisor is a powerful position if the person you're advising listens to you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a tremendously powerful position. Yeah, I'm not gonna, So I think Donald Trump... I mean, you have to, Donald Trump listens to people who Donald Trump agrees with. Yeah. Right. So I think that's the way. I mean, it's a Pompeo dance, right? Like you, you learn to like present Donald Trump's simple ideas <laughs> that you know sound like Donald Trump's ideas, and at some point, you know, you work your own agenda into it. I think that's that's. I mean, in some way or another, I mean, that's how you deal with all sorts of leadership right i mean on uh from kings to you know you know manager directors at like schmucky corporations right like you have to be able to like convince them that this idea is a good one and a lot of times it's playing to ego and and basic psychology the thing about donald trump is his ego is so ever present and his psychology is so easy to read right that's it it's not it's not a great mind behind all of that 
Yeah. Yeah, I just think they both agree that the Iran Iran deal is bad. Yeah. But I think the reasons that they believe these things are so wildly different. Yeah. That once they're in the room together, they might convince each other of the op. They might take opposite mm. sta- stances. I don't know if they'll be able to come together. I think they might be each other's like dark mirror that reveals the uh, the monstrousness in each of them. And are you talking about Bolton and Trump or Bolton and Trump? Yeah, I yeah. think that's. I think they are different um, in their own. They're just different from each other. Yeah. That's why I think that relationship is not destined to last forever. Right. right? Yeah. I mean, it's no. just. It's a little bit of a shotgun arrangement. Yeah. He needed someone who would take the job, and again, yeah. Donald Trump is such that he's not attracting the best talent right now. So someone who would take the job, who's probably allowed. Uh, a strong Fox personality is the best he can do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Should have gone for Steve Ducey is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of people he could have gone for, but I'm not sure who would have worked for him. <laughs> I mean, I think at some point he's just going to go through all of Fox and Friends and give yeah. them their own cabinet position. And when he runs out of people on Fox and Friends, he's just going to, like, drop what the cabinet. He, what will he watch, though? Right. That's true. That's you know. true. Uh, do you think he could do any... I mean, isn't the whole point of Fox and Friends is that the format exists without the hosts anyway? So, like, it's more or less you could plug it in with as long as you're, like, relatively, like, um, corn-fed type people that you could you could do... You could put anyone in there. Any friends? Yeah, and, and anyone could be a friend. <laughs> do you think that eventually his cabinet meetings are just going to take the format of, like, a private Fox and Friends for just Donald Trump, you know? I think that's how it's, it's gone already. already. Happened, yeah. yeah, I think his inability to take in information, which is fairly well documented, yeah. is it makes it very hard to convince him to do anything. It's a very weird administration because I think he's largely checked out, and when he <laughs> decides to parachute in, it's usually messy and ugly and chaotic. Yeah, I feel like we're in the white Ford Bronco stage of the Trump administration. Well, just yeah. Driving down the highway, right? And we're yeah. all just kind of watching and speculating. I, I had a couple of random thoughts that I wanted to talk to you about, but at some point there is a, a sense of a, a sliding scale of the past where we... Uh, in general, the public or maybe even the left tends to acquit um, various Republicans as you get far and a- oh, far away from them. <laughs> so, like, you know, George W. Bush sure. is getting this sort of revival as being, like, a decent guy and, like, blah, blah, blah. Mitt Romney as well is sort of getting a makeover. I, I, I never thought that Mitt Romney was that bad. I just disagreed with him politically. Uh, but, uh, but do you think there's ever going to be a time where we look back at Trump and say, like, oh, well, you know, he wasn't bad compared to the clown we have. Compared to Tom Cotton? Yes. yes. 100%. <laughs> at <laughs> least he was incompetent. Yeah, if we have to deal with a Cotton presidency, that'll be, that'll be like, so more terrifying than what this is. Yeah. And less entertaining. Yeah. Uh, there will be nothing to, like, enjoy about it, you know? Right. I think the Trump presidency prevents us from a Cotton presidency, maybe. If this was, if this was latent, I think he would have been able to capitalize on it later in a way that is way more, that would have been way more competent. Right. I think anything that he says now will just have, you know, echoes of Trump and will cause us all whiplash in the future. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's uh, it's worth it to try to let Trumpism fail, yeah. right? I mean, it has to be proven wrong. Yeah, than, yeah. And that's a hard, it's a hard balance. To the extent act. that it isn't, you know, uh, world-ending, yes. Right, yeah, that's a hard balancing act. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, his policies are terrible and you want to fight them, absolutely. Yeah. But it's also, like, I mean, you can't 
uh, you have to fight them in a way that also proves that they're wrong. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, you yeah. have to make a sort of a, a historical argument about them, right? So like, this is a bad policy, right? It's more than uh, it's more than just that it's what Trump wants, so it's bad, right? Right, like, right, right. You have to make an argument if you actually believe in trade. You have to make that argument, and you have to prove that it's right. Um, and and, you, and that's not just you know a debating corner, but like oh this is why trade works. Um, so I think that's it's, it's it's up to the left to kind of put together strong arguments and proof that the Trump agenda, as it were, is is flawed. What yeah? What are your favorite metrics for judging the success or failure of a presidency? Uh, you know, is it the unemployment rate? Is it uh, America's you know? Uh, standing in the world yeah what do you what do you look at like as far as how do we how do we even say right yeah the 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 the, the goalposts change so often about what we're looking at as far as is this succeeding or not right right so I think I guess it's helpful to think about each president within a certain context and I think that's harder to do than most people appreciate I think when you talk about this even if you're <coughs> just having like a uh, a barroom debate, right? Like, I mean, it tends to quickly break down on partisan lines. So the Democrats yeah. will be like, uh, you know, Bill Clinton, and the Republicans will be Ronald Reagan. These were great presidents. But I think within their context, I think uh, I, I'm not that fan of, a big fan of Reagan um, for a number of reasons. Actually, I, I like Nixon more as a Republican president. I thought he was <laughs> more interesting. Uh, he did, uh, his foreign policy was visionary and eisenhower oh eisenhower also a good republican yeah, yeah. best um, republican i think yeah so strong so i i wonder it's about meeting the challenges of the time right so i you can't i i wonder if ronald reagan didn't meet the challenges of the cold War in an interesting way um so what are the challenges of the time this is why i've often gone back to the obama presidency and i say that obama was a good president only relative to who he's sandwiched by, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I think he's a mediocre president sandwiched by two awful presidents. That's why, because I, I think his foreign policy was middling. I think he got through some initial reforms, but he was he proved unable to work with Congress, um, partly because Congress was unwilling to work with him, or largely. But I uh, so, but he had a certain charisma to him and a certain style that I think allowed people to gloss over that. But. Um, for his time in this place, I don't know. I, I have a hard time judging Obama as being a great president. Yeah, the reason I ask is because uh, Trump Trump's given us like three metrics to judge him by. Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, unemployment, uh, sure. the stock market, sure, and the binary one of is is wall or is no wall. Yeah, uh, and by his own metrics, he's down on two of them, right? Yeah, I mean, the unemployment rate is doing really well. Yeah, so he's uh, doing good there. But like, I actually think the stock market is still up for the year, uh, depending on whose metric. First quarter down since the Obama administration, according to... First quarter down since the Obama administration? Yeah, yeah. I mean, since since Obama took office. Uh, oh, oh, because we had a bad quarter. Yeah, because yeah, we ended up more... Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, as of today? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess so, right? Like, I mean, I think this is... The stock market was always dicey metric right. to... Not my metric. That's not the... But he, I'm telling you, these are metrics it's not he's bad. So, so I also think that you have... I mean, a quarter down is like... I mean, it's a volatile thing, right? right. I mean, in general, you, did your stock market... Did it grow since Trump? Probably. 
Right. So, yeah. Yeah. He's still up for his presidency. Right. 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 right, right. So that's that's a that's. But a, the the question of whether he can take credit for the first year of his administration having anything to do with like the economy that's a bigger question. So yeah. You, I you mean, start I, saying second year, you start to judge them. Right. But so, and I think second year, if the stock market goes sideways, that's negative for right, him. Right? right. So if the stock market goes sideways for a quarter, that's fine because he's had a year of gains. Right. Yeah. I mean, but if you only have a year of gains on top of a year of not gains that's a negative <laughs> yeah. that's clearly a negative yeah um one of the more interesting things is actually whether or not you consider his poll ratings a measure of uh through meta yeah yeah uh, yeah and so one of the things is about uh, the recent information shows that trump is actually crawling uh climbing in the polls right so I'm curious what, the, what you think about that. Oh, a little bit. I wouldn't say climbing is such a is a strong word for what's happening. Yeah. He's bounced back and forth between 35 and 40 in yeah. his entire presidency. And yeah. he's, he's at the high side of that right now. Yeah. Right? Uh, I think it's because he hasn't done anything in a long time uh, except fire people, which is what he... That's the only thing he knows how yeah. to do. That is his yeah. game show. That is him. Right. And so people have been like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, The Apprentice. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Fire some more people. Like, love seeing it. Love the news about it. I love yeah. I love a good firing, right? <laughs> yeah. In a less cynical, more charitable way, I also think that there's a natural lift to approval ratings given the economy. Yeah. And it's just that the personality of Trump has managed to... Should be, yeah. Yeah, yeah has yeah. managed to sort of suffocate whatever possible gains he could have. Yeah, but I mean, you know, like if uh, if the economic, I'm not sure this was the number one economic issue. In fact, I don't know that it was at all. But it, income inequality he's certainly done nothing about that. Right. right? Never, so yeah, yeah. yeah I, I would say he never will. I also think that it's very hard for a president to do something about it unless you absolutely, lift yeah. national minimum wage. Yeah, or universal basic income, or yeah. just like massive taxes. Or, yeah, it would be a massive tax and spend program. Yeah, that would, yeah, yeah. That would address some issue. Theoretically, even right. then, I mean, people. We have live in a globalized world, and just China gets a lot more billionaires. You know, like, yeah. Who knows? Like, who right. knows what would happen? It's so hard to. Like, and our perception of, of inequality. I mean, I think inequality is not how we live our lives. Right? right, right, right. But you know, that's definitely something that people think about when they think about the economy. Like, am I doing better? Am yeah, I, doing- I mean, I think it's a much more personal experience. No one's like, oh, uh, like you're. Your experience with middle class life, right, <laughs> is about your own living standards right, gain, right, right. right, and your yeah. costs of living, and the, and how you can, cons- and what you consider necessities or part of middle class life, whether that's getting cheaper or more expensive. So housing goes up or education goes up, all of a sudden you're like, oh, everyone's getting screwed. <laughs> Maybe it's just the middle class, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, you don't really the gulf, the measure of the the worst between the, the best off. That's that doesn't necessarily reflect what's happening in the middle class life. So the great example of this is China, right? Yeah. So, you know, it used to be a communist state not so long ago. It's not anymore, let's face it. <laughs> and uh, inequality exploded in yeah. China. It is. It went from one. Uh, it went from being effectively a socialist country to maybe, it's worse than America, right? Yeah. But that doesn't mean that... Not the, as bad as South Africa, but yeah, worse or, than America. Or, maybe not as bad as Brazil, too. But yeah, yeah. South Africa, for example. Yeah. yeah, but so, but the experience of middle class China has been one of completely different living standards, like in almost a different world in the past 25 years. Yeah. So you can imagine a scenario where inequality widens, but if the middle class does well, like that, then equality, inequality is just isn't, isn't a political topic anymore. Yeah. Right? That's, and I think 
something about it being in the U.S., really the politics hewed to the middle class, the large percentage of the population that views itself as middle class, right? So, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is the middle class expanding? Is it shrinking? Yeah. Are people defining themselves as middle class even though they aren't? Right. Uh, Do you, does the middle class identify with the, uh, with the top of the rung yeah. or the bottom of the rung? Yeah, yeah, right, right, like, right. Right, so if you feel like your living standards are eroding, then you're going to start identifying with, oh, I'm poor or yeah. am I... I'm, I identify with a forgotten man, but if you feel Alex like Alex Jones says the truth. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> if you're doing well, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, the economy's doing well, inequality's not an issue, even though, you know, it could be, uh, it could continue to be, uh, expand inequality. I definitely identify with billionaires myself. But, uh, oh, <laughs> interesting. I think about the world as, as like a top-down like, world. Uh, like You've had a certain, you have a certain air of a, of a, entitled yeah. businessman absolutely right, right. It's like, it's in me right <laughs> i think i can pull it off very well <laughs> far easier than like revolutionary bolshevik right. oh, God. so that's it's a question so is trump's presidency succeeding on his own terms then that's a, that's that's okay, the so question let's be honest about what the metrics are i think yeah. wall or no wall is a metric yeah definitely um <laughs> i think i think uh one of the things along with wall or no wall is a cultural uh, a cultural landscape has it changed, right? Yeah. So, is this the anti-progressive president? Right. <coughs> so, sorry. So, on the first one, wall or no wall, he's failed. I think. Yeah. And and Lee and whether or not people quote unquote realize it or are willing to admit that um, depends on the pe- people, and it could change over time, right? On the second, whether or not the rhetoric has changed, whether or not we are now comfortable with an anti-progressive president. Or an anti-progressive rhetoric. I mean, he certainly changed the tone of the national debate, right? And I think that's a success, right? It's become more Trumpian. Um, I don't know if anti-progressive is the word, but I think he has definitely revealed that liberals are just as nasty as conservatives. He's definitely trolled the left into... Being something... uh, Being a character of themselves. Yeah, which is i don't know if that's i I still think everybody wants the same things and they want you know they i don't think he's changed the i don't think he's persuaded anybody to drop their like social justice warrioring and go out there and work for men's rights you know yeah but he's definitely changed the rhetoric that people use to talk about other people right Right. for the worse right yeah. Uh, and I, I, I don't know if that's a success. I think we're all just like shittier people. Uh, yeah, I think it's a, <laughs> for it. Right. I think I, I don't want to give Trump sort of omnipotent status. Here, yeah. Right. I think we live in a brutal age. Yeah. And I think he's the perfect exemplar of that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Um, so he I, also provides cover for it. Though. Right. That's true. But I mean, can you imagine being a millennial right now and having to date off of? <laughs> off of whatever something like hinge or 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 tinder i mean god that's that's heartbreaking just to think about right like i think it's just there's something about growing up in an information age that is really really brutal yeah i was talking to some i think uh 20 somethings that i work with yeah and uh, and they were like oh what were the before times before tinder and i was like <laughs> i had some very like uh tempestuous relationships but i genuinely was in love in my life, right? Like, I mean, yeah. it just didn't feel like... I never went on a date where I was... I mean, I was never on a date where I was like, oh, who's the next best person, right? Like, I mean, there was definitely... 
uh, you're not like competing with a hundred other yous. Like there was something that felt kind of unique and sui generis about a moment. Um, and maybe that's just a romantic casting of my twenty somethings, but. I feel like the t- the current period is temporary. I feel like people are going to go back to that. I yeah. think that's how we're... I hope so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, it's how we're meant to, like, interact with each other. Right. Uh, it seems like, you know, it's it all seems very, in some ways, Victorian in that it was all transactional, but then also elaborately online manicured in a different right. way. Right, I mean, there's a very mannered way of speaking. It's yeah. called... Yeah, it's about being woke, right? Yeah. Woke is a, is a mannered way of understanding how to speak about certain vocabulary certain ways of talking about people yeah it's and it's hypersensitive right like they're keywords hypersensitive politically and on yeah. a big scale but on a small scale you're on tinder you've yeah. like reduced somebody to like a damn yeah you know photo and right you're you're spending you're the, the idea you may spend like one night with them you know? and i think I nothing think, wrong with that i'm just saying like, like it is it is victor it's a split right right like, right and i think there's something about when you're reduced in terms of uh, your individuality you get very very defensive about a, a larger identity yeah, right like yeah. if you totally i'm all for the one night stand but like is it just that they're you know on board for a one night stand is it the only thing you're attracted to or are you really getting away with something are you doing something delightfully horrible and right. everybody's doing it it's just fucking taco bell right, right. like i don't know your one night people should curate their one night stands more uh, <laughs> more uh aesthetically is all i'm saying <laughs> i i think going back to the idea of whether or not trump is succeeding by the metrics he put forth. I yeah. think re- rhetorically he's probably succeeding, at least in his own head. And I would say yes, he's managed to drag down discourse. I think he hasn't, he hasn't succeeded on some key points, which are the wall or immigration. Yeah. Um, I think subtle other things like tax policy or Gorsuch slash judges. These are things that were are any, generally any part of yeah. any any part of the Republican Party would have would have put forth to the what, best of their ability. So, what about his foreign policy of realigning us with like Russia and really sticking it to China? Yeah, failed on both points. It's yeah. like he's, it's incompetence and an inability to carry through on some basic uh, platforms. So I wonder if there is a reckoning here, right? Like yeah. he's actually not been able to deliver it. at some point the Republican Party you know looks at him as saying what he costs us is not worth what we could potentially get, right? In the beginning, there were gains, right? Yeah. But now that we're talking about the end of the legislative season, as people start to campaign, I wonder if the Republican Party doesn't turn on him, right? So there's a difference. Uh, I mean, a party is flexible, right? A 70-year-old man is not. Would Ted Cruz have been able to deliver the Trump agenda better than Trump? Would he? Have, would we have a wall right now if Ted Cruz were president? Would... Uh, yeah, I think so. I think I think if he had been able to pull it off, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a certain amount of competence he would have had to. He would have known how to twist arms and get enough funding, for sure. Trump has been defeated by his own uh, naivete, his unwillingness to understand how politics works. You know, I'm reminded of a, a slightly better president, Abraham Lincoln. Um, and you have to stand up if you say that. <laughs> right. I'm reminded of Abraham Lincoln. Go ahead, go ahead. In the Grant biography, it it becomes really clear that uh, Abraham Lincoln himself was a, a naive when it came to when it came to politics, but he, he became president. Just a simple country railroad lawyer. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, he actually used to work for Moody's, I believe, at some point. Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, country railroad lawyer. Um, 
but he actually became an effective commander in chief of of the of the Union armies by the end. And part of it was because he was willing to learn, right? Like he didn't come from the military. It yeah. was it was absolutely his first job because of, during the Civil War, right? They became his first priority. But uh, you know, he would go he would go to the uh, the local libraries at night and read up sure, on military yeah. strategy because that's who he was. He was a self-taught country. <laughs> yeah. Also, it was happening like in his backyard. Right. right. Like it was all in Virginia. Yeah. Know? So it's like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think there is something about being able to learn on a job um, that is proving beyond Donald Trump. Yes, sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I, as I said it before, this is his first job. He has never worked for anybody else. Right. Ever. This is the first time he's been accountable to anybody other than his own family organization, right? Right. Or, you know. Or maybe NBC and some weird kid glovey Star Wars. Even then, he was a producer. He's a producer yeah. of that show, yeah. right? So, you know, he's, he, he could be canceled by NBC, but he's in charge, right? right. Like, he shows up. This is the first time he definitely, he's definitely yeah. working. He receives a salary from us. Yeah. He is a, he is a paid deep state civil servant. <laughs> and there's a big metaphysical part of that that makes him crazy. He just can't do it. He can't work for anybody else. Yeah, I mean, he's just not very good at it. Yeah. Um, so, all right, anything else? Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about good Trump. Oh, okay. Yeah. Things he's done that you like. Yeah, so, yeah. so we've actually... So we'd like to end this podcast by either talking about something outside the bubble or, you know, try to get out of our, like, leftist mentality as much yeah. as we can. So uh, I was actually thinking uh, about good Trump. So right. there are actually a couple of things that have happened uh, under the Trump administration of the past week that I really liked. Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, uh, the expulsion of the Russian diplomats, um, which... Right. Uh, uh, what well, some could see is the bare minimum. I actually don't. I mean, maybe, but he could have not done that. Um, and I think that's. Uh, and I'll talk about. We can talk about reasoning and who, maybe who was pulling the levers. But sure, I think that's that's the right thing to do. I think his administration has been, uh, despite his rhetoric, which has been appallingly flat. I think uh, Donald Trump's administration has been tough on Russia in a way that I think is fitting for a country that has largely attacked our electoral processes. One of the fundamental underpinnings of our democracy and our government. Right. Number two, um, uh, there was an edict put out by uh, Donald Trump's government that says that the federal government can no longer pay for oil paintings for its employees, which <laughs> I love. Um, this is a mini Obama scandal. It costs the taxpayers like uh, north of four hundred thousand dollars, and Donald Trump said no, and I'm like, this well, is great. I was telling you at dinner when Donald Trump found out he's done these two things, he's going to be so mad. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, so this is a really good point because you will notice on Twitter, uh, he said nothing about it. Yeah. Right, and so I don't understand. These are great. Like that last thing is just like cheap, shallow, non bipartisan nonsense, right? Like, he could have totally crowed about it, and he doesn't. It's just filed under, like, news Hope Hicks would have told him. Right, exactly. <laughs> so I wonder if someone else is helming the administration um, at this point, uh, maybe, or at that or those points in time, um, but I, I'm really curious about why Donald Trump hasn't been in front of this news, which has actually been pretty good news. It's not really clear what he thinks of his own good policy. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like two things that he's done. He's maybe permanently weakened the executive branch uh, <laughs> in favor of the Senate, which is awesome. And the Senate has never been as powerful as I've been alive. Yeah. 
and I'm I'm a I'm a huge Senate fan. I, I like the the uh, the discourse and uh, slow moving nature of the Senate as far as like policy goes. Democracy's own aristocracy. Yeah, yeah, but also like. Uh, uh, a, the thing that kept us from being the French Revolution. Right? The other, the other thing that I think is is uh, kind of amazing. I'm not sure if it was worth it, but I'll take what I can get. I guess it's been like a living, like supernova that has put us all through civics class. Right. Right. Like, no one has paid more attention to the procedures and traditions of America as long as I've been alive since Donald right. Trump has been president. Right? Yeah. Like he has taught us we have learned along with Donald Trump like Wait, yeah. where our weaknesses are. I think yeah, we as a country have actually learned while Donald Trump has refused to learn. Yeah, well no, he's trying to figure out how to become a tyrant, right? right. He's like very bad at it. Yeah. He's like stabbing along at the but you know, and we are learning along, trying to project a little further than he can see yeah. in order to thwart him before he gets there, right? Yeah. And so it's kind of a it's a it's a it's a it's a little it's a fun cat and mouse experiment in democracy right yeah and i think in the end it will make us all better citizens and uh and and better uh democrats uh, yeah warning this man's like uh easy uh ambitions that that's interesting anyway trump he's is he is he good is he bad i don't know room of requirement <laughs> <laughs> um Anything else you wanted to add? No. no uh, well, no. it's a perfect note to end on. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everyone. This has been episode 41 of Room of Requirement. I am Kamala Shirao and joined by my co-host. Miracle Jones. And thanks, as always, to Kevin Carter for producing our intro and outro music. Yeah.